طيب الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين وي كونتينيو ان شاء الله ذا اكسبلانيشن اوف سوره الليل and the last thing we talked about is that the hidayah of tawfiq the hidayah of success is restricted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the evidence for this is in surah al-qasas chapter 28 verse 56 where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says innaka la tahdi man ahbabt verily o muhammad sallallahu alayhi you guide not whom you like but Allah guides whom he wills and if we examine this verse uh, chapter in chapter 92 verse 12 truly indeed on us is to give guidance we will find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala indeed had made everything clear in terms of creed as well as what people need in worships in matters of worship or in terms of morality and in transactions as well as was to avoid in all of that until even to the degree that uh, Abu Dhar may Allah be pleased with him said لَقَدْ تُوُفِّيَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ the messenger of Allah وسلم, died وَمَا طَائِرٌ يُقَلِّبُ جَنَاحَيْهِ فِي الصَّنَاءِ إِلَّا ذَكَرَ لَنَا مِنْهُ عِلْمًا and except that no bird flying the skies turning its wing in the, in the skies in, in flight except he وسلم, told us about it some knowledge in, in reference to the fact that the sharia has been completed and a man from the mushriks told Salman al-Farisi علمكم نبيكم حتى الخراء قالوا أجل قال أجل علمنا حتى الخراء your prophet taught you even the manner of how to respond to the call of nature he said yes he told us the etiquettes of how to respond to the call of nature that's what it means he told us the etiquettes of how to respond to the call of nature in fact this is what the Prophet ﷺ even taught his ummah and in support of this is the great verse in Surah Al-Ma'idah in chapter 5 verse 3 where Allah says اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي ورضيت لكم الإسلام دينا Today I have completed your religion for you and I have perfected my favor upon you and I have accepted Islam for you as your deen Now to the next verse inshallah verse number 13 وإن لنا للآخرة والأولى وَإِنَّ لَنَا لَلْآخِرَةَ وَالْأُولَىٰ And truly unto us belong the last, which is the hereafter, and the first, which is this world. Now we know that the life of this world precedes the life of the hereafter in terms of its timing. But in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about it after He mentioned the hereafter. And in this there are two benefits. In this manner that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala related it in this verse, there are two benefits. First one is ma'nawiyya of a real significance, and the other is lafzi, is literal. As to that of the uh, real significance, that is because al-akhirah, the hereafter, is more important than this life. And in the hereafter, 
the kingdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will manifest itself completely and perfectly. And in this life, however, there are presidents, there are kings, there are uh, leaders who possess what Allah had given them from possessions or kingship and so forth. But in the hereafter, لا ملك لأحد There can be no uh, possession to anyone. لمن الملك اليوم Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks in, on the, in, uh, on, uh, in the hereafter لمن الملك اليوم To whom the mulk, the kingdom belongs on this day لله الواحد القهار To Allah, the one and unique the one who subdues all creatures and who is above all creation and that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here made the mentioning of the hereafter come before the mentioning of this life for this real significance which you heard the second there is there is in this case also a literal benefit giving consideration to the last letters at the end of each verse giving consideration to the last letters at the end of each verse because at the end of each verse there is an alif at the end there is an alif at the end so if he, if he would have said وَإِنَّ لَنَا لَلْأُولَى وَالْآخِرَةِ then the consideration to the last letter would not be met so that's why in this case he Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also from the literal aspect said Al-Ula at the end so that it will fit with the rest of the ends of the verses so if someone says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says inna alayna lalhuda to us indeed belongs the on us is to give guidance wa inna lana look inna alayna inna alayna meaning on us and in the second part wa inna lana and truly unto us is the hereafter and this life so what is the difference the difference is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had made it incumbent upon himself to show guidance and to guide people and make things clear to creation as to the kingdom then it is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the possession of the hereafter and of this life all the kingdom is his that's why he said and to us belongs the hereafter and this one then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the next verse in the next verse please therefore I have warned you of a blazing fire hell well Anvartukum meaning warned you so that you fear it. Naran refers to the to the fire of the hereafter. Taladha blazing fiercely. And the fire has many descriptions in the Quran and in the Sunnah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says then after after that, Man shall enter it have enter it save the most wretched لا يصلها إلا الأشقى none will burn in it except the most wretched
meaning that upon which wretchedness has been ordained and wretchedness is the opposite of happiness as in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah Hud 11 106 فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ شَقَوْ فَفِي النَّارِ as for those who are wretched then they will be in the fire in surah Hud yes as for those who are wretched, they will be in the fire sighing in a high and low tone. Also, as in Surah Hud, the close verse 108, in contrast, وَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ سُعِدُوا فَفِي الْجَنَّةِ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا And those who are blessed, they will be in paradise, abiding therein for all the time that the heavens and the earth endure, except as your Lord wills, a gift without an end. So what's meant by Al-Ashqa here, the wretched, is the one upon whom happiness has not been preordained. He is the one who will suffer the blazing, the fiercely blazing fire of hell. We seek refuge in Allah from that. Then after that, he made it clear why he is, why he didn't deserve to be from those who are blessed and happy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it clear in the next verse, الذي, this is his description, الذي كذب وتولى. The next verse, who denies and turns away. He denies in response to what he is being informed from the news and what is told concerning the revelation and the messengers and so forth. And At-Tawalli Tawalla in response to the command, he turned away from the command and from the prohibitions, he didn't fulfill them. So he belied what was told and didn't believe in it. It was told to him that he will be resurrected. قَالَ لَا أُبْعَثْ I will not be resurrected. It was told to him that there will be paradise and fire and hell. He said, there is nothing of this type. No Jannah, no fire of hell. It was told to him that there will be such and such. And he said, nothing of that will be. This is takdeed. This is denying. Then tawalla, then turned away from obedience to Allah. And turned away from the messages brought by the messengers. This is the wretched. This is the description of the wretched. And in turn, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next verse, وَسَيُجَنَّبُهَا الْأَتْقَى وَسَيُجَنَّبُهَا الْأَتْقَى That the atqa, the pious and the righteous, will be saved and will be far removed from it, from hell. Meaning the one who really feared Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way he should be feared then more of his qualities 
الذي يؤتي ماله يتزكى the one who spends his wealth to those who deserve it as a way of purification for his wealth and for his for his for himself as well قال الله تعالى in this respect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this respect خذ من أموالهم صدقة تطهرهم وتزكيهم بها وصل عليهم إن صلاتك سكن لهم as in surah at-tawbah 9-103 take alms from their wealth in order to purify them and sanctify them with it and invoke Allah for them verily your invocations are a source of security for them and Allah is the all hearer all knower so in his saying الذي يؤتي ماله يتزكى the one who spends his wealth for increase in self purification it tells us that he is not extravagant and at the same time he is not a miser alaykum salam so he gives his alms as a, uh, in a form of self purification and the 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 criteria for all of this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned in surah al-furqan in 25 verse 67 where he said and those who when they spend are neither extravagant nor niggardly but hold a medium way between these two extremes. We find that some people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows upon them some wealth, however, he is a miser. Even that which is obligatory upon him to spend on his wife, he withholds it. And the same with respect to his children and his kin's he doesn't establish this spending, this lawful spending, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala condones. On the other side, we find some people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala restricted the wealth upon him somehow, yet, despite of that, he goes and borrows money from people in order what? to add things that are secondary to his house so that it becomes like the house of such and such or that he goes and buy uh, a car a very expensive car an eloquent car just because it is like the car of such and such person or the model uh, uh, driven by such and such person and both ways and both are false methods, methods to follow and follow and, and to be pursued because they are of two extremes and what's dutiful upon the person is that his spending must correspond to his status his spending should correspond to his 
status, his conditions. So if someone now says, is it permissible for someone to go and borrow money so as to spend it in charity? The answer is no, because charity is a voluntary action. On the other hand, borrowing money is something very binding and also dangerous. It is not something lightly to be taken because if man dies and there is money due upon him then his soul is linked to his to that which is dutiful upon him until he until that is paid off on his behalf and many of many of those who are inheritors they don't care about the debt of the deceased you find them delay it and defer it and sometimes they don't even abide to fulfill it while we know that the Prophet alayhi salatu wassalam alaykum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh إذا قدمت إليه جنازة سأل هل عليه دين if a funeral is presented before him so that he will make the funeral prayer on it he would ask the Prophet is there debt on him are there people who will fulfill that which is dutiful upon him so if they say no he would say sallu ala sahibikum go and pray on your companion as reported in al-Bukhari and Muslim we also know that the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam in the authentic hadith reported by Muslim told us that martyrdom for the sake of Allah will expiate everything except debt except debt so this issue is of a great importance and a person and man should not take that really lightly then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says after this in the same surah وَمَا لِأَحَدٍ عِنْدَهُ مِنْ نِعْمَةٍ تُجْزَى وَمَا لِأَحَدٍ عِنْدَهُ مِنْ نِعْمَةٍ تُجْزَى and have in his mind no favor from anyone for which a reward is expected in return so he doesn't give the money you know as a reward for some favor done to him before from some person so no favor from anyone is upon him so as to give him in return a kind of reward meaning spent upon him however he spends seeking the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's why he said right away he who spends his wealth increase etc except only the desire to seek 
the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this countenance uh, sister Um Ahmad this is one of the uh, mistakes of the translation this is one of the mistakes of the translation of the meaning and it's good that it came here so that in the future inshallah we correct it and we say except only the desire to seek the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <coughs> so he spends only seeking the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order to attain the abode of Amr which is paradise in which he will be given the great reward bestowed upon him from Allah and that is the actual seeing of Allah's face we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those believers who will see his face in the hereafter and he will be certainly satisfied Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will please him by making him enter paradise and will give him the great reward and this is made clear in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah chapter 2 verse 261 the likeness of those who spend their wealth in the way of Allah is as the likeness of the grain of corn it grows seven ears and each ear has a hundred grains and Allah gives manifold increase to whom he pleases and Allah is all sufficient for his creatures needs and the all knower we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those pure honored and righteous he is the one who is able to do all things والحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم This brings the end of تفسير سورة الليل which is based upon the explanation of our Shaykh Muhammad bin Salih al-Uthaymin رحمه الله تعالى والحمد لله وصلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم